I'm telling you right now that the world is preaching independence and the kingdom is preaching sonship. I thought I was going to give, get up here and say a testimony first, but God's already speaking to me. So the spirit of this age is preaching independence and lone ranger gospels that are not the gospel of Jesus Christ at all. The gospel of Jesus Christ saves souls. It does not make room to save the flesh. Come on, man. Pastor Andrew was talking about being encouraged or being challenged. Today is going to be a challenging one. Hallelujah. (laughs) But whenever you're challenged by the Spirit of God, that means that there's hope for freedom and breakthrough that areas in your life have never been had freedom and breakthrough before. The challenge from God is calling you into something and the devil's coaxing you to stay where you're at. The challenge of heaven calls you into something to get free and to grow. But hell presents itself as an angel of light to keep you where you're at. To keep you as a silent orphan that only preaches the good news of this world. But you were born for this hour because God has set destiny as a seed in your heart so you can replicate as sons and daughters of the kingdom. All right, I'm going to testify now. I feel a testimony. Many of you know that I had to go out to Riverside for a while and I want to say this first of all that it wasn't just the devil that took me out there I gave the devil some ammunition and What we need to learn is we need to learn that it's not always a devil. We're fighting We're also fighting ourselves because we're actually given the weapons to fight against us to the devil We do it by being lackadaisical in our Christianity giving room to the flesh But I want to testify because the goodness of God is so good that even when you are broken and you don't know you're left from your right or you're up from your down, if you will repent and come to Jesus, he will make a way for you. I just got a brand new place. For those of you who don't know, I'm in Irvine again, so I'm in OC. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, I was actually physically in a desert. Riverside is literally a desert, so that's blown. So sometimes God's got to take you out to the desert to get things out of you that you never saw were in yourself. See, but when you come out of the desert submitted as a son with the fire of God, there is a power and there is a new resilience to do what God's called you to do. And I feel like this hour, like never before, Jesus is beckoning his bride. He is beckoning his bride to purify herself. That she would come to the altar again that she would actually bow before the King of Kings again in a place not of, look at everything that I'm bringing to you, Jesus, but looking to bow her knee and say, Jesus, what do you want to show me? What do you want to do in my life? What do you want to remove from my life? There's a sincerity of heart that God is calling us to where the love of the Father is so good that the enemy has tried to pervert it with flattery. He's tried to pervert it by keeping you in a place of saying everything's good when it's not. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know it's a cotton candy gospel? There's a gospel that's going around that is actually not a gospel at all. The only good news that it's bringing is a good news to raise sons and daughters of hell, not sons and daughters of the kingdom. I'm telling you right now that there's a voice crying out through true sonship that looks like submission and obedience to the ways of God that were set by the apostles that came in the book of Acts. And the gospel that's being preached for most churches is telling you that everything's good and you can stay exactly how you are and you're going to be awesome. Come on, man. You're going to go to heaven and everything's going to work out. But I'm telling you that Jesus is calling a bride that's pure and that's holy. 
I, I was I was preaching uh, one of the Tuesday nights, and I was talking about hope is rising, and that is a that is a decree in this hour that God is releasing hope. But the hope that comes through the true gospel is through a son who is repentant, not wanting to live in his own righteousness, but wanting God's righteousness to cover him through repentance. Repentance actually looks like turning away from your old ways and turning away to where God's calling you to, to live and to walk. So we're going to talk about crucifying the flesh today. Somebody say amen. You see, there's this weird message that's going around that says Jesus has already done everything for you and you don't got to lift a finger. Come on now, say it. Now I'm telling you that some of you have tried man-made religion. And man-made religion will say all the scriptures right, but there will be no power to transform at all. The Pharisees and the Sadducees saw the kingdom walking before them and they literally killed the very one that was bringing it. They knew the scriptures from, from uh, the, the law and the prophets and everything. They can quote them to you better than I can. And they couldn't see the Messiah standing right in front of them. Why? Because their eyes had a facade over them. They were blinded by their own righteousness. And their own righteousness, the Bible says, was dirty rags. You see, the blood of Jesus made a way for us to be clean and pure. But it's not just clean and pure for an altar call. It's clean and pure for eternity. See, and the gospel that has been preached from most candy-coated pulpits is giving you weapons of warfare, meaning the Bible, waging war with prophetic words. It gives you all the scriptural precepts, but it's like putting a gun into your hand and then putting cotton candy bullets as the ammunition. It does not destroy anything that hell is bringing against you. As a matter of fact, it feeds hell. You think you have a weapon because you can say everything right, but when you actually fire the ammunition, there is no real power and no real fire. God wants a remnant to raise up right now in this hour that is actually so wanting God that they will be willing to lose everything and just come and kneel at the cross again. We should better read we better read some scripture so everybody knows I'm being scriptural, right? Anybody feel encouraged yet? Here, here, I want to say this right now because there's been a lot of prophetic voices that the only thing they want to do is give you a prophecy to encourage you where you're, where you're at and where you're going. But do you know that true encouragement comes when the actual word that comes from the mouth of the Father gives you power to take over the devils that have been running your life? But if we're, if we're encouraging devils to stay, how is that powerful at all? We are still shackled by the same devils that we came in with and we're leaving with them. And we're not only leaving with the ones we had, but we're getting seven more. Jesus literally spoke to the woman that was called in adultery and he says, go and sin no more lest something worse comes upon you. The problem with man-made religion is that it looks beautiful on the outside and every feel, everybody feels good because they come and watch a show. But... The, the, the show is literally there to just keep you doing the same thing, living with the same devils. And I'm telling you, the real gospel, the real power that comes from heaven actually gets you into a place where it's a little bit abrasive because it's not going with the stream of the world. It actually gives you a power to stand in a place and know whose you are, who you are, and what you carry. Can I tell you this, that the difference between the wise, version, the wise versions and the foolish versions was, was, was with what they carried. Yeah. They had filled their lamps with oil. Gone is the time of you coming to a stadium, hearing one man say an awesome word, and leaving feeling full of the Holy Ghost for the rest of your week. It is time to come and hear the word, but then go in your own prayer closet, get on your knees, and get your own oil. Yeah. Come on. Come on. 
And that looks like time spent with God, not with worldly lust of the flesh. I'm telling you, this is such an awesome, encouraging word because when you receive it with gladness, you will actually go home and see that you have power over the enemy. Instead of going home and waiting for the enemy to show up and then calling your pastor, hoping he'll answer. And then after he answers and comes and pray for you, the devils that you're so-called free from came back the next morning and you listened to him again. So now you criticize the same pastor that came and laid hands on you to get you free. See, we love being saved, but we don't love living saved. God did not shed his holy blood of his son so that we can stay living with the same devils that have been running our house and just make a little closet Jesus ornament that we go to once a week when we need something from heaven. Jesus wants to come into your house, get you out of the old wrecked place that you live in, and create a whole new place, devilless and full of holiness and purity. The problem problem is, is most people are just looking to Jesus when it fits their agenda or when they're in trouble. See, and what I mean by the agenda is a lot of people look for certain opportunities to look awesome. I don't know about you, but I never looked awesome my whole life. Even, even when I thought I was looking awesome, I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, once I saw through the eyes of Jesus, I was a complete blowout. But the grace of God found me when I was a blowout. And when I got touched by the Lord, I got touched by the Lord when I was 18, but I was raised in a, in a church culture my whole life. But what transformed me is an encounter that draw, drew me to a bedroom where I started weeping on my face, wanting to live in holiness and purity. All of that happened through an encounter. And the problem is right now that we have a lot of people that are hearing awesome messages, but they're not getting drawn to their bedroom. They're actually going to one night stands with devils that they already brought in trying to get free from. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that the the spiritual world is more real than the physical world. How many see that there's a reality of some darkness on the earth that you can see with your eyes? But how many also know that that reality is only a secondary reality to the greater darkness that's happening behind the scenes? If you think there's a little bit of hell on earth right now, I'm telling you that there is a greater hell that you will go to if you don't live a life of repentance and you need to make that decision for yourself. A preacher cannot get you saved. A preacher can tell you how to get faith to be saved yourself. It's your decision to live a life worthy of salvation. See, Jesus made a way where there was no way. And that blood that was shed broke the chains of hell so you can make a decision. The problem is, is that there's a lot of people that hear the gospel, but they don't make the decision. They hear the gospel and they don't have a change of heart. They hear the gospel and they love saying a prayer, but then they also love living the way that they lived before they said the prayer. We got to crucify the flesh. I'm going to start reading some scripture because I got some eyeballs rolling in heads right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I wrote this down actually. A fake gospel that empowers, covers, and gives room to the flesh is useless. It's, oh, I actually said this already. It's literally like having a weapon with fake bullets. It looks like you have the right things, but the problem is, is it has no power once it's used. Does everybody understand what I'm saying by fake gospel? See, I'm not saying that you can read the real gospel of Jesus Christ and not be saved by it. What I'm saying is people through their own agendas love bringing great, love building great following so they can make themselves look great. 
but they haven't given the people the real blood-washed gospel that says die to your flesh and live for Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's get some scripture. Galatians 5, verses 24 and 25. Does anybody feel encouraged right now? See, the real gospel is encouraging because it's going to send you home with weapons that work. Not with one the enemy's going to laugh at. See, because when you crucify the flesh, Jesus said it like this, that the enemy has come to sift me. The devil came to sift me and he's found nothing in me. The reason why the devil's eating our lunch a lot of times is because we're praying the right prayers and we're reading the right scriptures, but we're just not wanting to crucify the flesh. Right. We're wanting to keep the same things doing where the enemy has a foothold. He has a place. He has a legal access point to come in and mess with us. Does everybody understand that? So this is what the Bible says in Galatians 5, 24 and 25. It says, and those who are Christ's, how many are Christ here? Raise your hand. Okay, we got we got about half the people here are Christ. The other, we're going to get saved in Jesus' name. I'm just glad that there's a lake right here because we can do actual water baptisms right after we get you up to the altar. I don't care about getting my jeans wet as long as it saves your soul. I'll dunk you. I know Pastor Andrew will get in there and Pastor Bex will get in there too. If I don't feel like getting wet, maybe I'll just throw you and pray while you dunk and then get you back with it. We'll, we'll, we'll reel you in. Hallelujah. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Notice that's a past tense thing. So this is an expectation when you are Christ, when you are, when you are the possession of the Lord, what heaven looks at is that the possession of the Lord is you as sons and daughters. Those that are the possession of Almighty God, who is not a dictator looking to rule over you and whip you in the back every time you mess up, but he's a loving father who's also going to tell you the truth to say, this is why the enemy's coming in and messing with you. It's because you keep opening the door to him. You're not shutting the door. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to touch this point real quick. How many believe that you've been born again and you're a son or a daughter of God? You have made Jesus your Lord and Savior. The Bible declares that you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. This is a spiritual reality that gives you boldness to walk and confidence to come before the throne of grace. Did you experience that when you said yes to Jesus? But there's a difference between living in the Spirit and then actively walking in the Spirit. See, sometimes we're this... We're this child in the Father's house, but we're still living with the behavior of a demonized orphan. And we need, to re- we, need to realize, we need to realize that if we're in the house, that's awesome. But then let's also come into God's rules in the house as well. Amen. Amen. And that's crucifying the flesh. Because your flesh, the Bible, we're going to read it in a second. The flesh is always at war with the things of the Spirit. This is a biblical truth, meaning this is never going to stop. So what you have to do is you have to decide today, am I going to believe that the Word of God is true? And am I going to take the grace of God that empowers me to live righteously and put it towards not a license to sin, but actually a bazooka to take the head off of every devil and live righteously before God because it's my right. Some people are trying to have their right to grow a business or their right to get a new car or their right to have a, a beautiful wife. I'll take that one, by the way. Hallelujah. But what about taking your right to live a holy and pure life? Yes. Come on. What about using the grace and mercy of God to live in holiness and purity set apart for the things of God? 
Well, what about if we apply the power of God for what it's used for? Do you realize the Bible declares that if we seek ye first the kingdom of God, that all of these things will be added, all the things that we're so enamored with in this world. It's like, yes, God wants to bless us with good things, but don't you think that the souls that are on their way to hell that you're going to have influence over are a little bit more important than the bank account numbers that you currently see? And the holiness and pureness that we walk in, God will supply all the needs. All you got to do is decide to want this gospel, yeah. the real gospel, a blood-washed, holy, pure gospel. Yeah. I'm going to read this in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Amplified. It says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So be done. Somebody say, be done. Be done. With every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and all deceit and insanity, pretense, hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and every evil speaking of every kind. It goes on to say, like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk. It's talking about the Word of God. That by it you may be nurtured and grow unto completed salvation. Since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. How many people have tasted the goodness and kindness of God? The Bible declares to us right here, it says, be done with a few things. Yeah. Not, not keep coming around and needing somebody to encourage you and to bless you when you are decidedly wanting to live opposite the, that, whatever God says. Now, I want to preface this with this. If you're in a place right now where you're coming to Jesus and you have never heard even preaching like this or you never even heard about holiness and purity being accessible, we're going to have some things to walk through, okay? So it doesn't mean that you get condemned into this place when you make a mistake. But there needs to be a decision in our heart where we actually want to live a pure life, we want to live a holy life, and we want to use the power of God not for whatever we want to do, but for whatever He says is His will. Amen? And this is some of the things that we have trouble with in, in, in Christianity and just as sons and daughters of God is that we're using God's power for the wrong things and wondering why we're not getting Jesus-like results. Jesus was not busy about his own agenda. He says, I do whatever I see my father doing and I'm saying whatever I'm hearing my father say. The problem with a lot of prophetic culture right now is we have a lot of prophets that are prophesying through their own will and not what the Father said to say. So we have a prophetic culture that's living a cotton candy lifestyle that's been activated and they've been sent out, but they have no real fire to carry and release. I'm telling you right now that I got changed by a real fire, not a fake gospel. When fire touched my life, everything changed. It caused in me a heart desire that I wanted to seek God with everything I was. This is what the Spirit of God does. He causes you to want more of Himself. That's how beautiful the grace of God is. You don't even have to produce your own desire. Holy Spirit, if you give Him time, He produces this volcanic-like this volcanic desire that makes you just want more of Him. How beautiful is that? So good. 
like sometimes I'm praying and you know, I don't, you know, sometimes you can feel like you're emotional or you're going through a hard time. And I just pray and I'm like, God, like just set a fresh fire in my heart. And I make time to just pray and I make time to worship. And at first it's a little difficult. The first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the first week, two weeks, whatever the time frame. But then all of a sudden, if I just make time for God, it's amazing how he breaks open these things in me. Have you ever felt that? You felt like something just broke open and there was a fervency in your heart. These, this is a lifestyle that God wants every one of us to walk into. And it's not just for the elites, the ones that you think are awesome men and women of God. It is for every child of God to live a fire-filled, Holy Ghost, Holy Pure and lifestyle. Amen? You guys can shout me down if you want. I know some of you are just like, well, it's, I got to go to the bathroom already. This is blown. Listen, I had to go to the bathroom when I started to get up here and I'm holding it so you can hold it too. It's just making me preach faster. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> okay, now this is, a fav- this is a favorite scripture of, of Christians disguising themselves as sons that are holy and pure but want to on their own agenda, live a devilish lifestyle because they don't read all the way through. Romans 8. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore. There is now no condemnation. Bless God, I'm not going to be condemned. See, it's funny how to me, when you're chained up with devilish living and sinful lifestyles and glorifying your own flesh, how you can make the word of God say whatever you want it to say. But then when you read all the way through, you start going, oh, wow, what will, what's after the first five words? Let's read on. <laughs> okay. You guys want to read on together? I'm reading in the Amplified, by the way. We don't have any amplification, so this is helping me out. Jesus' name. There is no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and death. How many are thankful for being set free from the law of sin and death? I'm so thankful for this. For what the law could not do, I want you to understand, there was things that the law could not do. These were people that only had tablets and they had all these precepts, 660 some odd laws, and they were trying their best to live them. But there were some things that the law that God released in the old covenant could not do that now we can do and walk in because of the spirit of God. Are we thankful for that truth? That is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power. Being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. God did. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame uh, it in the person of his own son. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness and our sinful nature, but live our lives in the way of the Spirit guided by His power. So every promise that was just declared is to those who decidedly divorce the human nature of sinful, wicked, fleshly ways and say, I don't want to live that way. I want to live guided by the Holy Spirit's power. In this place, there is absolutely zero condemnation because your conscience is clear and and totally washed by God. 
It's you, you know that, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm choosing to practice righteousness on a daily basis. I used to glory in all the things that I can do through pride and selfish living, but now I glory in wanting to bow my will to yours, Lord, and live a holy lifestyle full of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is where the, these promises come into. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and purpose. Not purpose, that's a little blown. Purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death. Guys, I'm telling you that death has power only when we submit our minds in a fleshly way. But... Jesus literally destroyed death and sin's power and our only job is to put faith in the finished work of the cross and then actively live a life guided by the Holy Spirit's power. This is a daily decision. This is something where you every day, you are not going to do with your own willpower, by the way. Anybody that's hearing this message right now and going, oh man, I need to, I need to find a cross and I need to hang on it. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is everybody knows this, that it was an act of your will to eat breakfast this morning right or wrong you decided to now what you decided to eat well that kind of determines your value system (laughs) if you blew out on that glazed twist hallelujah sidecar apple fritter glory jesus but how many how many know that if that was my daily activity and decision i am actually causing death to come on my own body through an act of my will What I'm trying to say to you is God, the blood of Jesus, sets you free from being controlled by those decisions. So you can wake up every morning and make decisions that are full of the Holy Ghost and power. That the Holy Spirit would show you, listen, we're not going to eat the apple fritter today. We're actually going to eat this. It's God's Word. We're going to fill ourselves and be washed and renewed in the spirit of our mind through the washing of the Word of God. And we're going to spend some time communing with the Father. We're going to actually take communion today. We're going to actually pray. We're going to worship. And all of a sudden you start feeling, man, my heart just is feeling really clean. And those devils that have been messing with me and making me go around the mountain all my life, it seems like they're just losing their power and their voice. And and I feel like I'm not getting dragged back into an old lifestyle. But now I actually want to serve God. And when I'm out at the coffee shop, I see somebody that's depressed. And instead of just going, get away from me, I'm like, hey, let me pray for you because there's a Jesus that can save you. It's like all your, every, all your choices, your decisions, your mind, it starts changing. And you see opportunity where there once was opposition. Come on. Do you realize that a kingdom son of God looks at opposition as opportunity for the glory of God to be revealed? And the reason why you are only seeing opposition sometime in your life is because you are looking through the gaze of your flesh because you are dominated by fleshly lust. And we need to crucify the flesh like the Word of God says we can do. Can I tell you this as well? If the Word of God says you crucify the flesh, guess what you have power to do? Crucify the flesh. This is what I'm talking about is sometimes we're trying to use the power of God to have our will in our life rather than just obey the word, apply the word and Holy Spirit will empower his will in your life. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? This type of preaching and this type of truth coming forth sometimes feel heavy, sometimes feels heavy on your mind because a lot of us, we've only been living through our mind. But when you realize that you are not a mind being, you are a spirit being. That's right. It's really good. The flesh is weak, but the spirit, he's strong, he's willing, he's ready. Come on. We just need to prophesy to ourselves again. How many believe that you can live in holiness and purity? Yeah. Come on. 
See, this isn't an act of your will. This is an act of submission. See, because if you bring a sacrifice to the altar, the Bible declares that fire will come on your sacrifice. But you just need to bring the right type of sacrifice. Don't just bring your tip to Jesus like you hear uh, Pastor Andrew and Pastor Beck say a lot with giving. Don't bring a tip of your life. Don't just bring your little tiptoe sacrifice. God, you can have my pinky toe. The rest is mine. Hallelujah. Lord, I can live without a pinky toe, but I can't live without my leg. You know, I got to walk and I got to... No, bring yourself. This by the Bible actually just I just reminded me. The Bible actually declares this that it is your reasonable service to be a living sacrifice. Yeah. Come on. Does everybody understand what I just said? The Bible declares that this is reasonable. So all of you are going this is too hard. No, you're you're wrong. I'm right in Jesus name. <laughs> this is your reasonable act of service to the gospel to live as a living sacrifice on the altar of heaven. Yeah. If you live as a living sacrifice on the altar of heaven, do you realize that a lot of the things that you feel as struggles will fall off because the fire of God will consume it? Because God will make your enemies his enemies because you're living his way now. See, our problem is, is that we're getting in fights with enemies that we invited into our own house. And then we want Jesus to save us, but we just don't want to do what he says to do after he saves us. We can't want just a saved life. We've got to want to live a saved life. We can't just want a Savior. We've got to actually follow Him after He saves us. Yeah. If you keep jumping out of the boat and drowning in the water, it's like, listen, the lifeguard boat is only going out so many times. Stay in the boat, yeah. for goodness sakes. Yeah. Unless Jesus is walking on the water, then go tiptoe on the water and have a good time. <laughs> is everybody getting what I'm saying right now? All I have is a bunch of scriptures. I'm just trying to get it through the best I can. <laughs> I just felt like God wanted, I, what I really feel like is I feel like God is making the lines clearer than they have ever been before. And I'm trying to bring hope right now through the Spirit of God that you will not run from the line anymore a day in your life, but you will run to the line, cross it, and never go back again. See, sometimes when a line is drawn in the sand, we have fear because we have been dictated to by hell that that life is too hard. And I'm here to prophesy to the atmosphere in Orange County and everyone that will hear the gospel. It is not too hard because Jesus has made you more than a conqueror. But we just got to want to do it. We just got to want to release that. We got to, whatever we're holding on to, we got to release it on the altar and say, God, let your fire burn it today. Come and consume me. The fire of God is fun when it's your decision to come to the altar. It's not going to be fun for some that decide to never come. The fire of God is fun. At first, it's going to hurt. I ain't going to lie to you. It is going to make you squeal and run. But it becomes fun when you decided to submit. But it's not going to be fun for some that chose to live their own sinful lifestyle and never made a decision to willfully come to the altar on their own. First John 3. I would encourage you guys to read Romans 8. Later on, I don't have time right now. What time do I have till, by the way? I didn't even know when I started. Sorry. Okay, all right, sorry. I just was like, I'm like, what time do I have to go to? Um, can you guys turn with me to First John 3? I encourage you, read Romans 8 for yourself and, and read it and see, because a lot of us, we memorize scripture, like everybody's favorite scriptures in John 11, like Jesus wept, hallelujah, that's my Bible reading. I know it, I know it by heart, Jesus. We're gonna come to the pearly gates and be like, Jesus, show me a tear, Jesus wept. 
Guys, we need to get this so in us that it becomes a sword that guides and governs our own life without somebody else having to call out your crap. The Word of God challenges me. When, I, when I'm funky, when I'm living funky, you guys understand? I'm dysfunctional. The Word of God comes and challenges me, and I can't even look myself in the mirror being like, dude, you're such a blowout. And I'm like, I know, but, but God loves me. It's like, okay, well, yeah, God does love you enough to give you a spanking right now. Line up in Jesus' name. The Word of God will do that. It'll fix you, but you got to get it in you. Amen? First John 3. I encourage you to read Romans 8 and go through the whole thing. And you'll see at the end of Romans 8 that it talks about that neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers nor any of these things can separate us from the love of God. But notice that it does not list your flesh. It lists principalities, powers, all these outside entities that come to attack you. But you can make your own willful decision to turn your back on Jesus. And that's why crucifying the flesh is so important. Do you guys understand that right now the lines in the world are blurred so much that people are questioning their own gender right now? They have the right parts, but the wrong mind. There you go. Wow. Woo. wow. Say it. Come on. Wow. This is what Pastor Andrew does. <laughs> Do you realize how much the lines are blurred right now? Who in the right mind, uh, keyword right mind, would have ever had the right part, parts and thought themselves a different gender. Do you realize how far the enemy has blurred things? This even goes into our spiritual life because the enemy has gotten into the church and we have so-called prophets speaking from pulpits and they're declaring their agendas and you don't even realize that all they wanted you to come to was a big glorify me party so they can get paid. I don't know about you, but I don't get paid to preach the gospel. I do it for free because my, my Savior gave his life for free. So what I freely received, I will freely give. Come on. I'm angry because the enemy has getting a, is getting a lot of good people tied up in a lot of bad things. And if we don't preach this unadulterated gospel, you guys have to understand, my heart is to love everybody. But we have to realize that love doesn't look like empowering sin. Love looks like crucifying the flesh. We saw this, we saw this modeled by our Lord and Savior. How are we going to see Jesus on the cross, died and risen from the dead, and then come to Him and say, well, I just wanted to live however I wanted to live. This is not the gospel. The gospel transforms you and it empowers you to stay transformed. And we need to start applying the power of God towards this type of living, not towards our type of living. This is kingdom culture. Amen. Do I have agreement? Do I have agreement? Amen. Hallelujah. 1 John 3. If you guys aren't already there, well, we need to pray for you. This is a scripture I, I, I shared on one of the live streams when I was talking about hope is rising. And I want to read it again and maybe just go a little bit further because I think this is a, a powerful thing to see uh, just in, just right now, I just feel like God wants to share this with us. So I've started from verse one in the Amplified. It says, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Guys, you don't want to try to fit in the world. You have been set apart from it. The world is not going to know you. Stop trying to fit into the spirit of this age. 
You have been set apart. You are called to be a remnant that looks opposite the stream of the world. And it is such a blessed hope that we have to be counted children of God. And we are counted children of God. So let's stop looking like the world. Amen? Amen. Beloved, we are even here and now children of God. And it is not yet made clear what we will be after his coming. We know that when he comes and is revealed, we will as his children be like him. Because we will see him just as he is in all his glory. And everyone who has this hope, what hope? Of seeing him and becoming like him. Everyone who has this hope confidently placed in him purifies himself. Just as he is pure, holy, undefiled, and guiltless. Any preacher that is telling you to stay the same way you are and telling you God loves you just as you are and not change, God does love you just as you are. But he also released a grace that has empowered you to change, to become a son, guiltless, shameless child of God. Amen? Now the key here is, again, what did I say about the Word of God? If the Word of God asks you to do something, what do you have power to do? Do it. Do it. The Word of God just declared to purify yourself. You say, well, I've just been waiting for the angel Gabriel to show up in my room. Well, I've been too. But hallelujah, it's been a few years. Amen. Purify yourself. How do I purify myself? Well, the Bible says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind by the washing of the water. Word. Start there. Stop waiting for somebody to come and give you a prophetic word and get the promises of God that have already been laid in stone that are written on pages here that were inspired by the Holy Ghost and let them transform your heart. Just baptize yourself in the Word of God. Listen to it. You know, Pastor Andrew was laughing, talking about how he started in Galatians, ended up in flipping Abraham's bosom or something like that. You know, just all blown in the, in the, in the Old Testament. I've done that too. It's like you listen to the Word of God and then all of a sudden you're, you know, faced off with an Ezekiel encounter and you're like the wheel and the wheel and the wheel. You're like, dude, what the heck's going on right now? I just wanted to repeat Ephesians a few times. Only six chapters. Hallelujah. Washed by the water of the Word. How many want to go take a bath in a dirty lake? Nobody. We will baptize you in this one if you want. But nobody wants to get washed in a dirty lake because what the filth that's in the lake is just going to get on you. Do you realize that the Word of God is undefiled? It's pure. It is unchangeable, even though people are trying to change it. Do you guys know the guy, the heavenly man? I forget his name. You guys ever read the Heavenly Man book? What's his name? Brother Yoon. You guys ever heard of the Heavenly Man, Brother Yoon? Read it? You know, I think there's a part where he is asking God for a Bible. You could, you probably know this better than I do, but he's asking God for a Bible because he, he was in this part of China where he was so hungry to meet with God, but it was illegal for them to have a Bible. Do you guys realize how spoiled we are in the United States of America? We got every Bible, every color of leather you want on it. If you want some pink fuzzies on it, if you want the New Testament or just the Old Testament, or if you want the new King Jimmy, like Pastor Bex will say, or you want something else. It's like whatever you want, you can get it. And that has made us fat consumers. And you have this man. It's illegal for him to have the word of God. And God sends somebody to his door to give it to him. And he memorizes the book of Matthew. 
And then God tells him through an angel, I think an angel encounter happened, and he says, go to this town because he had a hunger to share what he was learning in the book of Matthew. All he had was the book of Matthew. I want you to understand this. And all he did was memorize it. He didn't have some fancy 16-point sermon that you know gave you how to live a better life. He had the book of Matthew, and he went, and he showed up. And when he showed up to the door of the people's house that he went to share the gospel with, they said, we've been expecting you. God made a way for the gospel to come, and all he had was the book of Matthew, but he couldn't actually bring the physical book. So through memory, he just started quoting them from Matthew 1 on, and everyone in the house got saved and delivered. Like, that's, that's the Jesus you serve. That's the Jesus I serve. There's miracles that are waiting to break out if we will divorce the system of the world and we will bow our knee to heaven. There's a miracle lifestyle that God is wanting to awaken in Orange County right now, guys. And we got to stop this fat consumerism Christianity and we need to get back to just laying our life down at the cross and saying, God, I want to be holy and I want to be pure. Whatever that looks like, I want it, Jesus, but just let it be you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read this to you. I would encourage you to also to read 1 John 3 on. I'm not going to go on right now, just for time. But I want to read the end of it to you here. It's 1 John 3, 23 and 24. I'm still reading from the Amplified. It says, This is His commandment, that we believe with personal faith and confident trust. I'm telling you guys, gone are the days where you're leaning on other people to believe for you. You need personal faith. Again, if the Word of God declares it, you can do it. We need to believe rightly. We need to have this as our foundation. Personal faith and confidence trust. In the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that we unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. Just as He commanded us. The one who habitually keeps His commandments. Obeying His word and following His precepts. Abides and remains in Him. And He in Him. By this we know and have proof that he really abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us as a gift our proof of god abiding in us is that we literally we make a decision to crucify the flesh and we live and abide in god in such a way to where there's an action that now actively obeys his commands and all that he asks us and we do it habitually Guys, I want to declare to you, you can live outside of habitual sin and you can move into a habitual obedience to Jesus. Yes. That's a good word. Yes. There's your prophetic word. Oh God, take me to the nations. Let's get you out of habitual sin first and then habitual obedience first. Because we don't need another flipping propped out evangelist that lives in sin and declares that everything's okay and just bursts a bunch of devils. Bursts a bunch of Simon the Sorcerers or other blowouts like that. You know how to pull the puppet strings, but you don't know how to bring the fire. You say, well, how am I going to bring the fire? Listen, when you got the fire, you will know you have the fire. There's a boldness on your life to where when you declare things like this, you know God's going to back it up because he has already shown you. He has already come to you. You have had encounters with him. You have had personal relationship. And you know that when I declare what my daddy said, my daddy's going to bring all the treasures of heaven with it if I'll just declare it in faith. There's something that you got to know that you carry. If you don't know you carry it, how are you going to give something that you don't have? 
We have to live this life with purity and holiness, trusting fully in the finished work of the cross. But we have to know that it is our job to come to the cross and let the purification process begin. Amen? Amen. Why don't we all stand? Hallelujah. Somebody get something? I, feel, I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel blessed because I'm telling you right now that purity, that purity and faith and this type of living following Jesus is going to do nothing but make you stronger as a son of God. Though it might feel hard to your flesh, well, that's it's supposed to feel hard to your flesh because your flesh is supposed to die. Hallelujah. But we have to understand that these decisions that we make to come to the cross is a willful decision. God's not doing an Indian burn on your, eye, your arm trying to make you come to the cross. He's saying, hey, you choose. You make the decision. And the best part about all of this is when you come to the cross, you have a loving Father with open arms that's ready to help you in every way along the journey. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray over us. Father, we just invite you right now, God, to speak to hearts. Come on, let's just pray together. Why don't you just invite the Lord to touch you right now? Lord, we just ask you to come and reveal to us the things in our life, Lord, that we need to crucify. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would come. You've already been knocking on the doors of our hearts this entire day, Lord Jesus, from the very beginning of us just showing up at the park, Lord. I thank you right now, Jesus, that you have come to meet with us where we're at. And you are releasing power and a grace and a mercy to bring us out of a lifestyle of fleshly living and into a lifestyle of holiness and purity in the name of Jesus. God, I just pray right now that you begin to speak to hearts. Show us the areas we need to become clean in and bring to the cross afresh again right now in Jesus' name.